Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoneman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Brian Appleby Weinberg, and the gentle giant himself, Joey Tartell. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. WTF is exactly what you need to think when you pick up your horn, hear another person play their horn, or look for information about the trumpet. WTF is the correct response to all your trumpeting, and for that matter, cornet questions. For the truth about trumpet, head on over to www.worldtrumpetfederation.com and check out what we have to offer. And if nothing else, stay tuned to the Open Bell podcast each and every week to stay up to date with the most recent trumpet stuff to keep your teaching informed and your playing at the highest level. And by Dylan Music. The Open Bell Podcast is thrilled to welcome our newest sponsor, Dylan Music. Located in Woodbridge, New Jersey, Dylan Music has been serving musicians since the store opened in 1992. Steve Dylan and his exceptional team run a full-service music store that is a favorite to many of the New York pros, as well as some common folk like us here at The Open Bell. Sales, repairs, custom mouthpiece work, you name it, Dylan does it. Personally speaking, what I love about Dylan's is being able to speak directly to a trumpet player on the other end of the line, and more importantly, a trumpet player I trust. Jim McCombs and Perry Sutton are well-known figures in the brass world and deserve a shout-out here. Working with them over the years has been amazing. They have really taken care of me and my students with everything from repair to finding the right horn for the right player. Seriously, their expertise makes a very daunting process very, very easy. So if you can't quite make it to Woodbridge, New Jersey, you should check out their inventory online at dylanmusic.com. That's D-I-L-L-O-N-M-U-S-I-C.com. And if you need more information, just pick up the phone and call them and talk to the most knowledgeable staff in the game. That's dylanmusic.com or 732-634-3399. Now listen, Dylan's is excited to be part of the Open Bell podcast as well. In fact, they've created a promo code for our listeners. 5% off all accessories when you use the code OPENBELL5. OPENBELL and the number 5. Now this is a one-time use code, so stock up. This is your chance to get the accessories you need at a discounted price. So go to dylanmusic.com and use the code OPENBELL5 to get 5% off your accessories. The Open Bell Podcast is comprised of three segments, warming up, couple things, and no offense. We use these segments to find, finagle, and never force information that we believe is fantastic for a fanatical trumpet fan base. Gentlemen, shall we? Each week, Warming Up is brought to you by ChopSaver, that perfect all-natural lip treatment created by the one and only Dan Gosling. Dan has provided the Open Bell Podcast with our own promo code. Promo code. That's right. Go to www.chopsaver.com and use the promo code BELL, that's B-E-L-L, for a 15% discount. And stop second-guessing what you might be putting on your chops. Speaking of someone who second-guesses everything except not hanging. (laughs) That's always a great decision. Hey, Brian. (laughs) Well, um, I'm not sure when this this uh, episode is dropping, but I've just recently returned from the UK for two week two weeks in the UK, uh, the home country. And, um, uh, you know, it's where, where my love of cornet sort of really blossomed. And uh, I got to hang out with a, a good friend of mine, uh, Richard Jones, uh, Dr. Richard Jones to you. Doctor. Um, yep, doctor. He's, uh, 
he played second cornet um, in Brighouse when I was there. And um, when they realized that it was going to be a bit of a hike for me to get there with no car, he volunteered to drive me to every rehearsal. Um, so he would drop by the Black Bull, uh, which is the pub right around the corner, and mm -hmm. pick me up and take me to rehearsal. And then he dropped me back off at the house um, at the end and just did that for the whole the whole year. So every time I'm over there, I always talk to talk to Richard and sent him a text and said, hey, we're going to go out for a meal. Would you like to come out for a meal? And, man, when you talk about a, a brass band geek, holy smokes, he is, like, so far. And he's a, he's a student of Philip McCann's, and he's playing. He's now started playing, actually, it's maybe been five or six years, soprano in the Lindley Band. So he's no longer with yeah. Brass, and he's just hammering away at soprano cornet. <laughs> he's having a uh, blast. Now, does that happen, like the switching of bands? I thought the bands were kind of like a... It's your oh, no, thing. There's, Is there there's a, lot a lot of moving of, around? There's a lot of moving around. Um, you do have to resign from one band to start another band because there's a national registry for, for when you go to contest. So you actually have to show your card that you're registered with that band, um, and you can't be registered with more than one band. So there are, there are rules. You would appreciate that, Joey. There I like their <laughs> rules. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, and you get a card. And you get a card. <laughs> this is <laughs> awesome. Now, do they, they, get, they get points with that? Is that total like points. Is there like a yes. thing over there? Brian, so you you met him where? At the Black Bull Pub? <laughs> yeah, I would go to that. Well, Yo, yeah, that's where he'd pick me up. Yeah, I I think we went to the Black oh Bull. And in fact, <laughs> I recall that they didn't have any fish and chips. Didn't have any fish and chips. At the <laughs> that was the place. That's the place. <laughs> I know I a like, place. This Brian, place we is all, great. We're in, we're in country, what, two days? <laughs> yep. You guys got to go here. It's awesome. The fish and chips is great. Right. And then we get there. We all we're going to make this easy on the on the wait staff. Fish and chips all around the table. Fish and chips for everyone. I'm um, sorry, we're out. We're out. Fold. It's just like oh my god, total fold. We didn't fold. ask about the calamari, but they were totally out of fish and chips. <laughs> exactly. That's very inside baseball. Wow. Um, but Richard is the um, he's now the archivist for the. NYBBGB. Now that's National... archivist if you're in the United States. Okay. <laughs> uh, the National Youth Brass Band of Great Britain. And so he started talking about what he's doing. The first thing he's doing is he's um, uh, digitizing their whatever 80 or 90 years of photos. And he said, I thought about you, Bill. He mm. he said... Because um, it was he, 90 years? And it just reminded you of Bill when you think of 90 years? <laughs> it was, he was doing the, Anything archived. <laughs> that's right. Everything old. He uh, he was doing the, um, the photos from 1970. And who was the top man in 1970? National Youth Brass Brand of Great Britain. Neil Jowett. Oh, man. <laughs> was no cool. way. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about Neil for a wow. little bit. So, oh, that's yeah, cool. Great. So I got to get my uh, my brass band on. Of course, the rehearsal I was going to go play in was canceled because that was the Queen's right. funeral. Yeah. So that old excuse. She screwed it up. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He knew oh, people yeah. who had played in the ceremony um, on that Monday. And he said that um, the ceremony had been planned for 20 years. All the new music that was part of it had been in the folders for a decade, um, <laughs> and and like the, the the fanfare trumpets that had did their thing, they um, they'd been practicing for at least five years together. Wow! For that, yeah. yeah, for that. Oh wow! Well, this is coming. Yep. Right. They <laughs> just like worked it into their weekly routine. That's just what they did. Right. That's well, crazy. I mean, it was she was she was ninety six. Yeah. You know, it's not exactly. 
a shock yeah. when right. somebody in their in their mid to late nineties, you know, dies. Did you know they hadn't yet buried her husband, who died less than a year ago, and so they took them both together and interred them. Ugh, creepy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I th- I think burying people is weird. So, <laughs> so does Sarah. She's totally with yeah. you on that, Joey. Well, if you think about it from a logical standpoint, uh, if if we start doing that now and never stop, eventually we run out of real estate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you walk around Boston, you'll see what I mean. You see what you're talking about. Because Boston <laughs> is not a large geographical area as a city, but a yes. lot of it is taken up by dead people. <laughs> it's a little creepy. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right, Joey, what do you have for us? Well, I want to talk just a second about marching band as we're in about the middle of marching oh, season. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. And, and I yes. think a lot of times trumpet teachers can have a sometimes negative view of marching band that I, I don't agree with and want to contextualize. I think a lot of times what mm-hmm. teachers worry about, and I've certainly heard college teachers say this out loud, oh, listen, don't play. Just put the horn up there and finger along, but, uh, <laughs> no. which I think is terrible advice. Terrible advice. Um, so I, I think their worry is, well, you're going to play too loud and you're not going to be playing musically and you're just going to blow your chops out and you're not going to take care of yourself and you're going to end up hurting yourself. And those things are possible in any ensemble you play in ever. Just ask Brian. Right? <laughs> so, exactly. I've you been can there. Be on your teeth anywhere. You're on your teeth. <laughs> exactly. So here's, here's my message to those of you in marching band, whether you're in you know high school, college, whatever you're doing. Now, a lot of times now, marching band seems to be you get the music together and you have it all memorized and do like one show for an extremely long time. So mm-hmm. by now, middle of the season, most likely you know what you're playing already. So I want you thinking when you're in marching band, whether you're on the field or in the stands, whatever you're doing, this is essentially great performance practice. You should be thinking, all right, can I play? It's it's loud here. Can I make sure I'm still making a great sound? Am I really making mm-hmm. this happen? Am I getting stronger by doing this? Like if you do this right, if you're playing the same mm-hmm. show, uh, if you're one of those bands that plays the same show for the whole season, are you playing it significantly better at the end than you were at the beginning? Exactly. You should not be playing it the same. It should, <laughs> or it worse. should be Right, or worse, right. You should actually sound better and it should be easier over that 10 to 12 week period. Mm-hmm. So I want you to be thinking like, all right, I'm in marching band and you know, uh, you could get to the point of like, yeah, I already know the show, whatever. No, <laughs> every time you're stepping up to play, you gotta be thinking it's practice time. Even if you already have the music memorized, if you have the show memorized, which you should, here's your, here's your chance to be practicing how that goes and getting better at not only the musical aspect, but the trumpet aspect of going. This is ideal performance practice that you get re- re- this repetitive nature. I like it. Thoughts, boys? Yeah. yeah. What do you do? What do you do? Do you ask students or do you help students do a care for their face routine? Um, like, do you have a special warm down for after you're doing it? Should they switch back to their, I don't know, indoor mouthpiece? <laughs> Is there an uh, indoor guess, mouthpiece to an outdoor mouthpiece? I guess it depends. Uh I don't do a big warm down thing. I haven't ever really done that. But, you know, the the care thing is kind of what we've already talked about. Like, if you're actually practicing well, first practice session of the day, you know, where we're doing the thing, that's setting you up. So no matter what you do, you keep yourself together. And yeah. I absolutely do that with all my students. Like, not that they do exactly what I do, but that they have that concept in mind so that should marching band be one of the things that they're doing, it doesn't beat the crap out of them. Right. Right, and this is this is the message at Mechanicsburg. You know, I've, I've talked about them on here before, and this is the this is the thing we do. It's an essentially an aversion of the thing that makes sure that they're getting stronger the entire time. Right. This so is we're the four hundred seven seventh band, right? 
yeah the mash band exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice uh so you know we're increasing ranges we're increasing tempos we're increasing durations as the season goes and they're getting stronger and stronger uh, as as things progress so the, playoff but, time hits oh hammer end, down yeah they're ready to go yeah, yeah. strong as an ox yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and but I think what Joey's saying is great. It's because it's mostly an awareness of it, right? Yeah, I want um, you actually thinking about it, not just going through the motions. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and like the little story I told, I think it might have been the last episode about my boy Jimmy, who uh, you know <laughs> needed to feel a certain way to play a C. Now this story, as you know, has taken on a life of its own now. I got a follow up <laughs> message. Yeah, he told me. He sent me the video clip today. <laughs> oh, so, that's even better. I did not I get know, the video clip. Thing, he said, I, I, I want to be I want to be clear that it wasn't a C. I pasted the D, but then capped it with a high F. Capped it with <laughs> right? an F. He didn't say Chris, then like, he said, right. which I played which, over. Which you played over. And I was like, because that's the way we do it out here. And, <laughs> and then I knew where he went to school. So, <laughs> uh, But anyway, yeah, I, just what Joey's talking about is just to have the awareness of it is great. Because, uh, you know, just not to think like, well, this is marching band and it's okay to hammer my chops. This is what I do. I'm going to leave here feeling beat up. No, there's no need for that. Right. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I had, and, and my high school marching band was before school through first period. Right. So we'd be mm -hmm. out there for like, you know, a solid hour and a half out on the marching field, pretty much, you know, every day in the fall. And last period of the day was jazz band. And, and then I would go home and practice. Right. Mm -hmm. Except on Monday nights where I had youth orchestra. Right. You know, and, yeah. there, you know, and on Fridays where you do that in the morning and then you'd have jazz band, then we'd have the pep rally where we'd play outside. And sure. Then I'd go home, you know, get something to eat, come back and go to the game. Do the game. Yeah. And, exactly. and then, you know, go out and get pizza after that. Right. So. Just rain double C's on the football crowd. Well, yeah, that's what it's yeah, for. That's what you do. <laughs> that's the whole point. I don't understand. So much, so much fun. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. So just, yeah, the awareness and really be thinking about that as a practice time, especially if it's like you memorize all the way through. Get, use it. Use it for you. Don't let it, yeah, don't let it beat yeah. you up. So yeah, because we're, yeah. I was going to say, in closing that out, you know, the, the season can be a time to get stronger. You can absolutely. use that kind of playing to improve exactly. your skills. So, totally. Great point. What do you got for us, Bill? Well, you know, I like to tell stories of ha what happens when students come in to talk to me or in lessons and these things just sort of like there's a conversation and then they'll say something which completely cracks me up. So my boy, uh, well, let's just call him Andrew. Um, <laughs> As was, an example. Actually, is an, ex you know, hypothetically. Pull it out of the air. You know, uh, was working on, um, you know, one of my etudes. I know you find it shocking that I would assign my own etudes, <laughs> which is really funny for them because now, they call everything etudes, else. Do these, do these come in a book? They do, yes. What's, really how, nice. What's the name of this book? Nicely designed book. 26 Contemplative Studies now, for Trump. Where would, where would one find such a book? Uh, well, in case you're looking, uh, williamstoman.com. And uh, you can order now, free listen, shipping, by the way. The thing. Yeah, I'm sure. not free shipping. shipping. No, I'm not free, shipping. still free shipping. Wow, that's amazing. That's quite well, the yeah, deal. I mean, you know, it's a thing. Nice <laughs> offer. All right, anyway, so young, young Andrew young is, Andrew is comes working in, on a contemplative study. Really funny side story is that my students would say, like, the Schlossberg, the Arben, and then they hesitate and go, uh, the, do you want to hear the Stoman? Wanna... <laughs> I think like, they should I know start the... saying, I need to get to your students and say, oh, I'd like to do, after the Schlossberg, I'm going to do uh, the U. <laughs> <laughs> that would be even better. It's just, I've just learned to appreciate this awkward moment where they're like not really sure what to say. So Andrew's getting ready to work on uh, the, the next one. And I, and you know, as you guys know, that I there's some Easter eggs in there. There's some hidden hymn tunes and, mm -hmm other tunes and that kind of stuff. And I was explaining to him, well, this, 
this melody here at the end is of European origins. It was, uh, you know, it's an English tune, actually. It's a, it was used in Fisher Tull's sketches on a Tudor psalm. It's, a, you know, it's this English folk tune and all that. And, and, I, and then I say, I'm this moment of, you know, I'm proud of myself. And I'm like, and it's the only time in the book you'll notice that the poem is in haiku. So I wrote a haiku <laughs> and he, he pauses for a second and tilts his head. So he's like, so you used a Japanese haiku for an English hymn tune then? <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And yes. seriously, it never dawned on me until that moment. You're bringing That's the great. world together. What you're doing here. It was so funny. I like giggled about it for the rest of the hour. That's really good. It was awesome. Oh, anyway, fun. yes, yeah, he was all over it. So we have trained them well. They're yeah. good at busting the chops. Yes. I wonder where they get that. And the words I of my grandmother. And the words of my the grandmother. They didn't lick that off the grass. <laughs> they didn't lick that off the grass. <laughs> It came from somewhere. All right, boys. Well, it's time for a little game. Oh, time geez. for yeah. All right. What do we got tonight? Tromba trivia. It's been a minute. I love tromba trivia. And and this is the tromba trivia. And to celebrate our new sponsor, because we're thrilled to have Dylan Dylan's music on board with us. Yeah, love uh, Dylan's music. It's gonna be great. I will um, tell you this is I, now. Mm -hmm. Love to have them as a sponsor. This is a place where I actually tell students, if you need something, call them if you're not sure. <laughs> Someone will actually answer the phone and will tell you yes or no that they actually have that in stock or not. You can actually find a person who yep. will actually help you. Yes. Perry and yeah. Jim are there. They'll, they will help you. They'll you do. Know, yeah. When the orchestras come to ta come to New York to um, you know yep. do their tours, on their off day, their off afternoon, the brass players, particularly the trumpet players, but the brass players will get on the train and go to Woodbridge oh. and go to the store like oh, all yeah. the time. Last time I was the time. around there was a couple of Christmases ago. I was out with Boston Brass doing the th Christmas, Kenton Christmas thing. And we were just north of the city and went, all right, we got to get down to Dylan's. <laughs> and we right. did. We went and spent the afternoon. It was great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're going to call a trumpet player, just call and ask for Jim. Jim McCombs. <laughs> Yes, Jim or Perry, you're going to be in Done. great hands. Yeah. yeah, so Perry, I think Perry's uh, doing the custom mouthpiece He's thing. He's doing all now. the mouthpieces now. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. When he was here in school, he Fancy. had an encyclopedic knowledge of mouthpieces. Yeah. Any variation, everything you need to know, all the dimensions, he knows also, all that stuff. Good shoe guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have talked. Yeah. We have talked shoes. Yeah. That's great. But and I've called Jim before and said, "Hey, uh, notice this horn online," and he'll go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like oh okay. well here's what i'm looking for right yeah you want these two and this is the person this and this and this and this and i can do this and i'll send that out and yeah yeah it's great i and i trust him entirely like because now you know you need to have something shipped or you can't get there and these are guys that can play test something and tell you exactly what's up with it yep right good people and if they can't they have somebody who's in the shop who's that day who can yeah, well that's likely, the other there's reason a trained professional standing yeah, next right. to them <laughs> which yeah. is the other reason to go right right because you never know who you're going to bump into there right yeah. it's awesome all right so a little trauma trivia dylan music edition oh man uh-oh all right this is, I found some fascinating is stuff. This is, all, is this all like stuff about New Jersey? But yeah, this is all. They in Wood, they're Steve, in Woodbridge. They're right? in Wood, Woodbridge, they're New Jersey. Woodbridge, yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. All right. In what year oh, was no. Dylan Music's store officially opened? Oh, jeez. Uh, it's multiple guess. Okay. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. All right. A, <laughs> that help? 1899. <laughs> B, 1991. C, 1992. Or oh, D, come on. 1995. 
See, the 91, 92 is way too close. But those are different years. All right. Now, are we supposed to collaborate on this here? I don't care what you do. Well, so I was in school there in... Oh, I like this. In 97. Oh, I started like in 97. And, and I asked about... I asked one of the guys there about, like, I needed something. Where do you guys go? And he was like, <laughs> like, Bill, I, I don't understand the question. I was like, well, where do you go to get mutes or valve oil or whatever I needed? He goes, everybody goes to, goes to Dylan's. It's like the place. Right. And I was like, it's what? You know, I was from Ohio. And he, he said, yeah, you go to Dylan's. And I went to Dylan's and I was stunned. But that was 97. Mm-hmm. I think it had been around a little bit, a little while. Yeah, I think it's 91 or 92. Yeah. But I don't know which. I think it, let's pick B. B is always the answer. Ninety-one. I, I think it's ninety-one. I don't, I'm going to go with ninety-one. Yeah. C is always the answer. It was ninety-two. Jeez. Damn. Ninety-two. So it had only been around five years. Yeah. Now to wow. be fair, to be fair, <laughs> he was doing some things in ninety-one, but the store officially opened in ninety-two. Okay. Oh, so I'm going to claim half a point. No. <laughs> no. The jury's going to say no. You cannot that. check that box on your card. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The, who got a wow. card? Do you get a card? Brian got one. I have I have one right here. Oh, of course he does. <laughs> I always have one. Question right. number two. Yep. Tromba Trivia, Dylan Music Edition. In honor of his ancestors, what instrument did Steve Dylan, founder of Dylan Music, teach himself to play and then eventually begin making? A, trumpets. B, trombones. C, bagpipes. Or D, the fife. Wow. Okay. I've actually met Steve on my last trip there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That guy's a good talker. He's, He's amazing. Great. He was fantastic. <laughs> he, he, started, he, started, he started talking to me like we'd known each other forever. Right. Nice. It, was, it was fantastic. Um, I have no idea. I, de- I desperately want it to be bagpipes, but <laughs> I would think those mm. would be really hard to make. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna, I, I don't think so. I think bagpipes are too hard to make. Yeah. Right. And he's, he is a trombonist. He, oh, um, you know this. Yes. He is okay. Then I'm going to go with trombone. No, Brian? he tell, he he was he knew the trombone way before that. I I would say I would say the fife. No, I think it's trombone. You think? All right, if if Brian gets this right and Joey gets it wrong. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, it's actually fife. Oh, Brian! So check this out, nice. Steve's. Great, 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 great grandfather was William Dillon, who was a fifer in the Revolutionary War and was nice. at Valley Forge with Washington. You I believe that. Be kidding me? I totally no. That. Yes, he, you could trace this whole thing back. Yep. it's I, crazy. Yeah, that, that sounds is crazy. totally like Steve. Yeah, yeah. Holy uh, crap! That's unbelievable. I know. So he started. He learned to play the fife, then he started making them. Because that's what you do, right? You're like, well, this, this is, I can do better than this. Do this. I can make this thing better. I can yeah. Do that. How yeah. crazy is that? Great. That is crazy. Five times. He is the great, 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 great grandson of William Dillon. That's the guy in the, in the picture, right? With the yeah, probably limping up the street. Yeah, with the, <laughs> to the guy with the flag. Exactly. No, the yeah. fife. The guy with yeah, the I'm fife. Saying. Yeah, the guy with the fife. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, all, all right, right, I'm over two. Number three. I'm getting crushed here. <laughs> At one point in his life, Steve Dillon had collected 250 of this particular instrument in a vintage and antique uh, collection. A, trombones. B, flutes. C, violins. Or D, mandolins. 
Wow. 250. Holy moly. I don't think there are that many trombones in around, right? <laughs> it's trombones. It's got to be it, trombones. You think it's trombones? I mean, he's he a trombonist. He probably has one that Pryor played. All right, let's go with trombones. You're right. It's trombones. There it is. <laughs> yeah. 250? That's what it said. That's amazing. Yeah. Collector. No, yeah. All right. Does have now the goal. Stuff. We have a goal. Right. <laughs> 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 like, yo, Steve, N plus one was kind of a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. True or false? Perry Sutton is a better golfer than he is a trumpet player. <laughs> uh, now, according to whom? <laughs> according to Perry. <laughs> he, he would say he's a better golfer, probably. Yeah. But yeah. He, he really plays the trumpet well. And yeah. he does the natural trumpet. He does the triple without valves thing, which yeah. is just crazy. Yeah. We invented valves for a reason. It makes it easier. <laughs> right. Go ahead and use them. <laughs> but but he can really play the trumpet. But he, he really would say play, he's a better he Is he a good stuff. golfer? He's a very good golfer. Yeah. He works right. at it. He let's works go at with it. golfer. Yeah. 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 yeah, let's just say it's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure whether he would whether he'd be happy with that answer or not. <laughs> right. I mean, which we want to find out from Perry what means more to him? To be known as a great trumpet player or a great golfer? <laughs> he would say question. yes. <laughs> it's a good question. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. He's he's very good people too. All right. One one more one more question here in trauma trivia. Uh, in what grade in school? Did Steve Dillon start dealing musical instruments? <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> do you just want to guess at this, or do you want me to do the uh, 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 I'll take a I'll, uh, What grade? Yeah, what grade in school did Steve Dillon start? I'm going to go 10th grade. Uh-huh. I'm going 7th grade. Brian nailed this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 7th <laughs> grade. 7th grade. He's finding horns and selling them to his friends. That's right. He was in. He'd played for two years, and he's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Everybody has to do I this. I see a business opportunity. <laughs> yeah. I just imagine him, like, in the parking lot of the school, like, hey, come here. <laughs> Have I got a cornet for you? Yeah. <laughs> Can awesome. you believe that? 7th grade. 7th grade. Yep. He's been selling stuff his whole life. Yeah. He's amazing. He is he's a force. No question about That's it. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Seventh grade. Anyway, great to have them on board and have a little fun with all this stuff. But uh yeah. Check it out. Get out to Dylan's, use that promo code and that's gonna be fun for everybody. Can and the uh, record of course, reflect that I I just killed Joey and killed you, I, murdered. I'm yeah. I'm, bl- I'm bloody to zero. You're winning corpse. You're totally winning. That's the first time this in is how many what happens when you episodes? leave the country. The continent. <laughs> You come back raring to go. Brian is back and refreshed. Exactly. He's right sorted. Right sorted. (laughs) Right sorted. He's right sorted. And I am just beaten down. (laughs) You guys just kept working. Uh, Yes. Well, one of us did. Okay. (laughs) All right, boys. Time for a couple things. So each week, schools of music around the country experience this wonderful time of bonding, this amazing gathering of minds, a practical agora, if you will. And some might even say, hang, no offense to you personally, Brian. And this is called the Trumpet Studio. (laughs) Now, today we're going to talk about how to maximize this special gift of time and how to incorporate some ideas that might change the way you run studio. One thought for our public school friends before you bail on this episode is that we think this has applications in your programs as well, like... You might call them sectionals or rotating lessons. 
but the premise is the same and we believe the ideas transfer so just hang with us as we talk about studio time uh, okay i love studio time now when i first got to iu we have a master class on monday night that's for all of the trumpet players so right. you know that can be up to 50 people showing up on a monday night we kind of rotate who does it i'm like okay cool i thought do we well we don't really do a studio thing and i didn't want to send any kind of bad premise and but it was john rommel a couple years later went I think about starting my own studio class i said let's go <laughs> like nice. we get along well we work well together but for exactly where i want to start where i want to mm -hmm. start with studio class is with a what not to do and i know bad educational philosophy of always say what you should do <laughs> not what you should not do but i want to start with the what's wrong with uh what's what's wrong with the studio class is what could be a great master class like a great master class if you're in front of a whole bunch of people and you don't know them and we all do mm -hmm. master classes mm -hmm. is to bring a certain topic talk about your take on this maybe have some examples and do some back and forth and things like this which can be really 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 good or working with individual students can be hey get up here and let's work through what are you doing what are you doing right. now if it's your studio they already know your take on this or should <laughs> yes and they get a lesson with you every single week mm -hmm. so you do not need to take your studio class time for that kind of work so i think it needs to be different than a standard master class studio class time is different than that all right but what if <laughs> what if you do the master class thing except that the students are the clinicians Oh, we're going to get to that. Okay. Yeah. See, because now you're getting somewhere. Bill. Now you're getting list. somewhere because so that's I. not what's happened. That's <laughs> not what happened. I mean, what you're talking about is one of the great ideas. Okay. Now, yeah. So, so but that's what not what happens so many times, right? It's who's playing this week. You get up and play. I coach you. And you get okay, a repeat thanks. of your lesson. Go and sit it, down. And it's, and it's a lot of, because I will tell you, uh, uh, master class when I first got here was fairly uh, kind of poorly attended. Like my first one, I thought there might have been maybe 30 kids there and we have like 50 trumpet majors. And I, so I went and talked to John and Ed. I'm like, hey, listen, uh, is it, are they vibing? Like, is it because I'm new or they don't like, right. how many people are there? It's about 30. They're like, wow, how'd you get 30 there? <laughs> they must have been there because you were new. I'm like, why? So I went, I started talking to trumpet players from all three studios. And I said, why aren't you going to master class? Just tell me. I right. want to know because I want to see if I can make it better. Right overwhelmingly this is what i heard it's like watching somebody get a lesson and it's kind of boring mm. now listen you can gain a lot by seeing how other people get lessons and that can be a really valuable thing to do in a master class right so i understood the, that what they were saying even though i didn't fully agree with it i did listen to it i said yeah. okay so i started bringing large-scale topics right but for my right. studio class here i think is rule number one mm. engage everyone in the room yeah every single class yeah everybody needs to be involved in some way because mm -hmm. when you're doing a master class it can be really easy to check out mm -hmm. <clears throat> when you have a studio class one these are all your students you know them better right bring them in let's do some stuff yeah so that's that's job one what do you guys think about job one of course i think that that that's the big complaint right i mean mm -hmm. this is the thing it's boring for me. Why do I want to participate? We're doing the same thing. Right. It's not new information. Which is why, I, I mean, I, 
I was going to start out with I my very mind week to week. Yeah. Right. Oh, like, yeah. Right. Oh, and I'm sure we all do this, too. But yes. sometimes it's a topic. Sometimes we're working toward NTC and having an actual rehearsal. Other time, maybe preparing for a gig. But then then we do the thing where, you know, we play. Sometimes it's fundamentals time. We, it's varied. You know, right, let me tell week. you what I've done the past two weeks. Because, you know, we were just talking about this, but this is the last two weeks I've done in studio class. I asked them, what do you guys think? They said, you know, oh, it's, sometimes it's hard to work on section playing. I said, this is a great idea. So I didn't give any assignments. I thought, am I going to assign stuff? No, I'm not. Here's what we're going to do. I said, all right, we're going to start off, give me three people with C trumpets. And I take volunteers. They come up and they sit down. And I put the chorale from Academic Fest Overture in front of them. Right. <laughs> and I said, yes. okay, let's hear this. Okay, they play it through. We talk about it for a second. I said, now everybody slide one chair to the right. <laughs> and then everybody slide one more. So everybody plays all three parts. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. And then go back to the original part, play it one more time. Better, different, sound. Oh, oh, what? Oh, look, if you know everybody's part. Right. Boom. So we did this with several excerpts. So I got to everybody in the room. Yep. Right? So that's what I did that week. And then last week, everybody came in and said, what are we doing tonight? I said, all right, give me four people with B-flat trumpets. Mm -hmm. So four people with B-flat trumpets come out, and I put a big band chart in front of them. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I said, all right. And I will tell you, um, one of my students, let's just <laughs> say Ian, as a okay. name, for example. That's a great name. Sure. He happened to have the lead part in front of him, and it was like, oh, no, this isn't going <laughs> to work. This isn't going to happen. Mm -hmm. I said, it's fine. going to go boom, 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 boom. And we played. <laughs> And then the students immediately start giving him a hard time because he actually sounded really, really good. So <laughs> I did actually end the class because then I said everybody slide over one part. So we played it through four times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So everybody's played every part all the way through this. And we talked about swing. We talk about style. We talk about how to go about this excerpt. You know, so the students that are really comfortable in the orchestral setting the first week might be going, oh, that's kind of an interesting exercise where the kids who aren't as, as comfortable in the orchestral setting are like, oh, that's what that's like. Mm. And then this last week, the students who are comfortable in a jazz band section are like, yeah, this is interesting. Uh -huh. And the students who are not comfortable in a jazz band setting are like, <laughs> oh. And there's a good mix of that in my studio with yeah. people with different comforts, which is probably true all over the place. Sure, right? sure. But I did finish the class with, all right, so there's just one thing I want to make sure everybody takes away from this class, if nothing else. Ian is totally full of crap. I think we can agree <laughs> on that, right? Because yeah. <laughs> he, sounded, he sounded dynamite. But, you know, the idea of, like, playing through section stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, th yep. when we went through those four, okay, you guys said, give me four more people with B-flat trumpets. And we come back up there, and I pass out a different chart. Different style, different, you know, different thing. Mm -hmm. So you, you're then you're in. You're engaged, right? Working on yeah, section, okay. playing like that. Now, I've also done something that I think I have found interesting that I don't think my students find as interesting as I do. I'm, I think we're going to play every interval on the trumpet. Let's go. Let's start with minor seconds. And we play mm. from C all the way down to a low sharp, C all the way up to F sharp. Okay, good, good, good. All right, now let's play uh, major seconds. All right, we're going to go C to B, just all the way down, all the way back up. Major third, minor thirds, major thirds. And we kind of just wrap our way around the horn. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a really, really boring book, which could be really a useful encyclopedia type thing. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Think about writing that. We took, we took a studio class and sure. just spent essentially an hour and a half playing intervals. So like you're right. talking about, sometimes it's fundamentals, but everybody's playing. So yeah, what, I, I when like your studio class meets in the evening, right? Yeah, the, the hard part here at my school uh, is, you know, most of our academic classes are in the morning. 
So jazz bands roughly are 1230 to 230, band is 230 to four, and orchestra is four to six. Mm -hmm. So, right. and I have students that are in jazz band and band and orchestra. So no, that time's out, 1230 to six is, you, there's no time any day. Wow, sure. right. And you know, the morning is full of, you know, uh, your academic classes. So yeah, my studio class, I do it on, uh, and for here, we're a busy place. Monday nights are jazz band nights. Tuesday night are band nights. Wednesday night are orchestra nights. And Friday, Saturday, Sundays are for performances. Yeah, are, right. are operas and ballets. Uh, right. So Thursday night, that's kind of the night that has the the fewest conflicts. And so mm -hmm. I, I do mine on th Thursday nights. My studio class. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're during the day here, so I'm in a, oh. a eleven o'clock time slot. That's golden. Yeah, yeah. we're at two o'clock on Wednesdays. Nice. But we also we also stop once a month for the uh, entire departmental performance mm -hmm. or presentation or something. Yeah. I did, right. um, you know, in my studio, I have a broad cross section of students working on v wildly different things and techniques. Um, but one thing that's sort of constant is I'm always teaching about how to practice. And um, at one time I brought in an etude and I gave it to everyone. I said, OK, you have 20 minutes everybody back here and everybody's playing it <laughs> oh and i so like that That's all right. came back after 20 minutes they all went to the you know four corners and then right. they all came back and we had you know 15 18 renditions of this of this etude um and it was interesting hearing some of the change so like one person be on stage practicing the way they practice another person be just off off the stage in the audience and changing the way they practice the etude because they hear oh that person's doing it different it was fascinating that's a great yeah. exercise yeah that, that is a great cool. exercise yeah that's a great we've idea. had to expand um i you know all of my colleagues in the brass division are adjunct and we don't have a mechanism to pay the adjuncts for studio class time so they will do studio classes um on occasion but um i've actually opened it up so we have everybody in uh, in studio class, so it's more of a brass class. Um, but we do the same thing. We talk about different things, we, different topics. We have people play. We have groups play. We make people sight read. Uh, and yes, everybody's everybody's involved. Everybody's mm -hmm. engaged. So let's yeah. talk about uh, that's broad rule number one, right? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Broad rule number two. It's a hang. No offense to you personally, Brian. <laughs> well, I do have a comment about that. Actually, mm -hmm. there, mm -hmm. this is a this is the place. And my, I have had people come visit my studio class and say, it's a, uh, it's a little crazy in here. Like it's we get loose. into some serious, serious, uh, serious arguments. Uh, mm -hmm. Last year, um, I had a senior who's from the Chicago suburbs who is adamantly defending the Chicago deep dish pizza, and I have a student who's a senior this year who's from Long Island saying. <laughs> That's not pizza. That's casserole. And you know, we have the absolute. You know, we have, we're having the pizza arguments. Mm -hmm. uh, we have had some. Uh, one of my students right now, he has, seems to make it his point to say. So after this, we're all going to Taco Bell, which I've told him it's not the Taco Bell's bad food. It's that it's not food at all. It's not <laughs> so. I'm like, don't go there. So we have important discussions like that as well. Right. Of course, you have to, yeah. You know, you know, so it can be. It's definitely looser. You know, it should be it should be fun. It should be enjoyable while still getting stuff done. The tone set in there uh, is uh, the tone I like to set is that it's loose and it's a hang, and we're going to do some stuff. Yeah, and I think that's great because I mean, this is the cool thing. Like yours meets in the evening, so it's almost sort of you're kind of primed for that, right? Mm -hmm. Like when it meets during the day, it's almost like okay, I'm going to this other class. Yeah. But I think that's that's the thing to to make an effort to make it. 
more like that. It's a more casual thing. It's a more, uh, more open environment. Yeah, you know? I, I think we try to make it a, a team building thing. Like it's it's our brass thing together, or it's our studio thing, and right. uh, it's a way to build community um, in the division. I think, um, and it has to be. It does have to be a little bit more relaxed. I think mm-hmm. students can learn in a little bit more relaxed atmosphere, and I need them in that situation to feel safe to experiment like they do they are in the studio but absolutely in lessons but mm-hmm. they need to feel like they can experiment in front of their colleagues and that's part of the process that that if you can get to that point where everybody feels absolutely comfortable trying something out that they're not comfortable with yeah. then you've done something good what you just said could not be more important mm-hmm. than setting up a studio class like that's that's the, that's the environment that is totally necessary. Yeah. So we're we're we try to be super supportive. There's a lot of clapping and cheering and encouraging. And for a lot of people, it's the first time they've played by themselves in front of a group. Yeah. Right. You know, just yeah. doing a solo thing or doing a Stoman etude or something. Um, you know, mm-hmm. doing yeah. a your etude. The U. Yeah. A U <laughs> the etude. U. Doing the U. <laughs> Which I appreciate greatly, by the way. I, I actually okay. did last year in one of my studio classes, uh Right as the book was coming out, mm-hmm. maybe right as it came yeah. out, I said, here's what we're doing tonight. I think we talked right. about it on here when we were talking about the book. I said, here's what you're going to do. You're going to play it, and we're going to say, what is it? And then mm-hmm. you're going to read us the poem and see how well you did. And right. a couple times, some people actually got really yeah. <laughs> played it convincingly, awesome. and students were like, I think that's this, and we're right. pretty right on it. That's great. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. It is very cool. Well, I toward that, Brian, to what you're talking about, this is why I like, as I want to circle back to this, the master class time, right, where the students are the clinicians. Yes. Oh, yeah. Where everybody feels like they can comment on things. It gives them, especially the ed majors, it's a chance to try out oh, yeah. stuff. Like, you know, well, what do you hear? And what would you do to, do you have any suggestions for that? And what, what would you do to fix it? And um, it, it it's really cool. I mean, I, and I, when I'm doing one of those days, it's pretty loose. During my master's degree, Kevin Eisensmith, he had this thing organized within an inch of its life. Like <laughs> students knew that's just the way he operates. But right. um, you know, that you knew at the beginning of the semester what week you were playing on trumpet studio. Yeah, yeah. like the whole way through. He just had it scheduled out. Uh, but for what you're what you're talking about, it's really easy to just pair off students, right? Right. So you two get up there. All right, you're going to play number seven. You're going to give them a five minute, you know, you're going to work mm-hmm. with them for the next 10 minutes. And then without telling them before the first ones that come up. All right. Now switch. Now you're going to play number 11. <laughs> right. And you're <laughs> going to work with this, you know, because yeah. then that dynamic gets they get much more comfortable in yeah. that way. Like but that. The, this open, it's the open dialogue and listening. And, and even if what's great about that is if some students are unsure, they don't know quite sure what to say they're finding out from someone else, you know, what they heard, you know, they're formulating, starting to formulate that opinion, you know, and I give them templates for listening. You know, we talk about tone, tune, technique, and time. We, we talk about all those things that they can templates that they can use for that kind of stuff. So last week uh, I did this and I have two students working on the same solo hmm. at present. Sure. Yeah. So student goes up and starts to play and play. And the other one who's working on it was like, well, I think you, I think you should this and then the thing over there with the stuff and I was like, oh, what? Why don't you just go show them? 
<laughs> right. So pick up the horn. Uh, this got really cool now because they started to play the same sections uh, back to back. Yeah. You do right. this phrase, you do this phrase, you know. And the younger of the two actually said to me in his lesson the next day, he was like, man, I learned a lot. I was just like, <laughs> I was just trying to do everything she was doing. You know, like just, yeah. you know, and actually they both were, they were both adapting because they have very different strengths as players, but uh, it was pretty cool. I did. Uh, one of my students is working on, on Tomasi right now and she can, she can really play it. And she was telling me one of her good friends who's in John Rommel studios also working on Tomasi and they were practicing near each other and mm-hmm. then going, hey, wait, so all you're hearing all over the house is, hold on, over and over. I said, oh, I like this idea as a, as a performance aspect. I, they're working on a, now a trading Tomasis. Um, like, sort <laughs> of like, how could, how could they actually do this? could be hysterical. So, Tomasis, yeah. I think is what you're, what you're oh, trying to say. Oh, even is. better. Well, Two yeah. Mossy. Two Mossies. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, I'll let her know that. That's really yeah. good. You're welcome. So one of the things that, that intrigues me about student commentary during um, studio class is over the year or over the, over the semester or over the year or two years, hearing how their perception and ability to verbalize what they're hearing and what they would like to hear matures. And I find that fascinating. Um, it only works, I think, if they're able to critique each other's comments. So, like, if if you're up there playing and somebody says something to you, you're allowed to say, "That actually doesn't make sense to me." Yeah. Um, can you help me understand? Uh, can you say it a different way so I so mm-hmm. I understand? And that part of the process is always kind of fascinating. And I've talked to students outside of that um, context, like in their lessons about, "Hey, if you think about." when you make a comment, can you make it a little bit more clear when you're in front of your band, would mm-hmm. you say it this way? So I think that's also a valuable part of this. Right, right, which gets right back to the tone set that everybody's gotta be comfortable in there enough, one, to actually offer some kind of critique to somebody <laughs> who's in school with you. Yeah, right, sure. But then also be as, as listening to it saying, hold on, I'm not sure I understand what you're saying. Like, do you mean this or do you mean this? Yeah. Like, that doesn't quite make sense. That's not clear. Both of those require an awful lot of comfort and ease within your studio. <laughs> that is something that you've got to really work to create. Yeah. Yeah. But it, that's that's the place to build that. And then and then after that, well, like the one we just did last week, these two then are like, you know, we should get together and practice. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, we yeah. should bounce some ideas off each other. But maybe the greatest moment was a freshman boy who said, why don't you go uh, do a little bit of thing you know, that you're working on? And he goes, okay, and he goes up on stage and walks out, and he's just got his horn. No no <laughs> music. And I said, got this memorized? He said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's like, goes, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Message received. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, hard Here's worker. Now the bar, knocking it down. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, um, Joe, you talked about like sort of sometimes it's a broad topic, and I think these are probably pretty self-explanatory. But um, some of the things that you might do, devote a class to, for example, you know, mm-hmm. like some of this is, you know, pretty basic stuff. I mean, I've devoted a class to Clark. Sure. You know, bring your books. Yeah. Here we right. go. Now, do you, know. you, do you get past number number three? <laughs> Now, yes. yeah, now we does. yeah, all we do all four. 
<laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> right. But that's exactly right. Like, let's talk about, you know, let's talk about articulation. No offense to you personally, Bill. You know? Thank you. You know, let's talk Thanks about today. We're going to spend some time single tonguing, double tonguing, triple tonguing. We're going to talk about the abstract. We're going to put it in musical context. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Transposition. Uh, it, we'll take it. We'll just go after it. Yeah, just pick a broad topic. And so this is where I think this is transferable to, you know, if you are in a public school setting and you, you do have that time where you have all your trumpets together, pick the things they need to work on. Devote a day to flexibility, range, okay. whatever. Okay, so years ago when I lived in Lafayette, uh, the local high school asked me if I'd come clinic, like come work with the marching band section. They had money to pay for sectionals. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I show up on the first day. I don't know if I've told this in here or not, but I, I show so. up and I listed them saying, Okay, so the marching show is it's four parts, and we're going to have to get this memorized. And so get out there and work on it. And they said, okay, go. And so I had the morning with it. It's summer. So I had the morning with him. And I work with him and come back in the afternoon and go back in. And he's like, so what would you guys do this morning? And I said, well, I mean, we kind of worked through, got the show kind of cleaned up, but I got to make sure they have part one memorized. Hmm. And the band director <laughs> said, what? And I said, well, <laughs> I heard you say they had to have the, you know, show memorized. So I figured we could do part one, you know. He walks back in, the whole band's in there, and says, who has this memorized? And the trumpets all raise their hands. All right, music on the floor. So they all throw their lyres on the floor, and he conducts them through part one, and they're nailed. So by the end of the week, they had the whole show memorized. The whole show's memorized. Like, yeah. And they're, they've got it. It's nails. They're, they're working hard. They're listening. You know, we had, I had hours every day. Like, what else would you do? So he said, okay, so next week. And I'm like, what do you mean next week? I mean, I'm done, right? He says, well, we've got a whole other week of this. And I said, is there more music? He says, no, that's our show. <laughs> and I said, well, what do you want? To? He goes, I don't care what you do. Do whatever you want. But come in here and work right. with the trumpets. So the mm -hmm. next week with the marching band section, I took every day and just did like essentially large scale studio classes, master classes with yeah. them, kind of just mm -hmm. working working on stuff. Right. You know, and that, in that way, not only are they just going to get better, hopefully get them interested, but then when they go back to just playing the music, they're doing that even better, right. more effectively. Yeah. Uh, so many, many years ago now, when I started working at Mechanicsburg, going in to help my friend Dane, and and uh, so I get there, he said, you know, what time, first day, of camp? He goes, 1 o'clock, you come in at 1 o'clock, that'd be great, because they march in the morning when it's cooler, and they come inside in the, in the heat of the day. They don't go yeah. out and do that. So I get there on 1, and he's like, well, all right. I need to interrupt you for a second. This yeah. is in Pennsylvania? Yeah, we have the heat of the day here. Okay, so growing up in Texas, we <laughs> right. would just be out there in the <laughs> heat of the day. Heat. Let me say, All day I should, long. I should have said, in the humidity of the day. <laughs> I mean, God, did it like break into the 70s for these people? Was it so rough on them? Uh, 76. Wow. Yeah. Come on. Brutal. Near the shade. Anyway. <laughs> um, so I, I get there and he's like, you know, it's one o'clock. And I'm like, great. Uh, how much time do I have? And he goes, well, rehearsal ends at five. And I'm like, right. How much time do I have? And he goes, rehearsal ends at five. And I'm like, don't you need to go like do anything else with them like march or whatever? He goes, nope. That's why you're here. Take right. The trumpets, you know, take the brass. I had all the brass, nice. whatever you want. And this was the thing every day. Yeah. So yeah. which is how I started to install this, you know, this large fundamentals program with them that they, they still continue to do very, we change it, you know, up a little bit, but variations of it every year. Uh, but boy, paying that kind of, you know, just being able to devote that kind of time to it pays huge dividends. Right, just oh, makes yeah. your band better. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we did an interesting thing um, 
some years ago. I think it was 16 because that's what it says on the cover. Um, I, <laughs> we had the last studio class of the semester and we said, all right, look, we're all going away for the summer. And, you know, everybody's we're talking about oh, I've got vacation. My parents are going to be gone. I have to go to my aunts, whatever else. And I'm like, you know, I carry everything, all my books. And this is sort of pre not everybody had iPads, you know, yeah, com- sure. and all that. So we sat in my office for a studio class and decided that under those under those specific headings, right, like sound, articulation, flexibility, all that, what are your favorite things? If you could just have a handful of things to practice, what do you think are the most crucial things to practice? I like well, this is great because they're now they're going, oh, that thing you had me doing here, and then I'm like, well, that should be Goldman, and Clark's got to be there, and this and that, and Stamp, and what, and they start naming stuff. Everybody's becoming familiar with it. And we made a list and we organized it. And yes, we copied it, but we copied those pages and put all this together in one place. One traveling oh. tutor, as they call one? it in the UK. Oh, okay. A traveling tutor. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. And so everybody had this thing, this all this stuff organized in one place. So if you had your horn in this binder, you're good to go. I like it. Right? And yeah. so, but the cool thing was, is that they all participated in agreeing on what you know what the process was and what deserved to be in and out of the book so let's say you know this this is another episode for us right like you get to pick your top three top three articulation (laughs) studies go what's it gonna be i'm i can't be there that week but (laughs) (laughs) yeah but again what you're talking about back to to rule number one engage everyone (laughs) then everybody has buy-in there everybody has buy-in and that's that's crucial yeah. Well, and some people haven't even just considered what's important to them. Like, right. just haven't even thought about what flexibility study they like works best for them. Yeah. They haven't even considered that. They just yeah. have to do flexibilities they know. So they're. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I love that when the students gravitate to that and then they come in with an opinion like, oh, I didn't do that this week. I did these because these just work better for me to do whatever. Great. Yeah. Okay. I'll buy that entirely. But I, but the project aspect of that, of us all sitting together, was a worthwhile endeavor to just right. agree on those things and compile it. So I think it's a, it could be a good use of time. And, and you hinted one thing but, uh, to move on. Yeah. Uh, is trumpet ensemble stuff. Like if, mm-hmm. if they're not doing this on their own, mm-hmm. the studio class is a great time to say, hey, let's, uh, let's pass them out and read this. Let's do yep. this. Yep. Let's get to work. Yeah, which which we do. Uh, we do a lot of reading, and now I have more students going trying to arrange things. So they're bringing them that into studio, uh-huh. and that's the proving ground where we test things out. That is the that's the perfect place for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then it's encouraging others to go. Well, I I could do that if I write something. Will you read it in here? Absolutely. Yeah. You know. Well, one of my one of my students, one of those recitals in about a month, uh, he's written a trumpet ensemble version of the theme from The Incredibles. <laughs> Oh, wow. It's yeah. kind of cool. <laughs> so he's going to do it on a senior recital. Right. Excellent. But his arrangement. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another session that I've done um, that, that, you know, kind of dawned on me a couple of years ago. I dropped somebody's name in a in a studio class. I said something about, you know, whatever it happened to be, Maurice Andre. Dang. Or, you know. <laughs> Tim, Tim Ophelia Duck should sir. And you can just see this. For, he he's ding, a ding. He's, he's totally he's, a ding. He's not friends with him. <laughs> well, he said he dropped the name. I'm just saying. You when know, I was and, hanging out with Maurice. You know. And, and, <laughs> Maurice. Anyway, as you can see, like, just the. You're not going to an earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> you could just see, like, this sort of glassed over look. And I was like, oh, no. 
they don't know. They don't know. Yeah. They yeah. don't know. And in everything that we have to do and seeing them for an hour a week and then trying to do all these things in studio class, I realized, man, is it important sometimes to do a YouTube session? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. You're going to sit down. I got the big screen in front of you. Here's a name you need to know. Ole Edvard Antonsen. <laughs> Boom. You know, and it's my, so my worth best friend it. You're talking about. I like it. Well, you guys yeah. are. I mean, yeah, you guys are buddies now. You could text him right now if you wanted to. <laughs> that's the that's the test. <laughs> that's the true test. Sure. We had our tuba professor did a class called Sound Heroes, and we mm. just set up a big stereo system, and he just had a whole stack of CDs, and they brought yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, it was very cool. That's really cool. Um, I was going to say that I, I know you can text Ole, but I, I could text this guy if I wanted to. <laughs> oh, wow. Never, heard, never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> we should play this game sometime <laughs> with our phones. <laughs> when you host an ITG conference, you end oh, up with that's a true. really yes, you do. Yeah, you've got lots of numbers there. Amazing Rolodex. That's pretty, as good. it were. Yeah, but I love this. I love the YouTube session idea just because. They don't have the time, nor will they take the time to listen. And even if they do, it's not guided, you know, right. like right. really guide them toward why it's important or. And and there's also a time to maybe enjoy some of the sillier aspects of trumpet and trumpet pedagogy yes. that are online as well. And I absolutely <laughs> have used my uh, studio class time for that. That's also. great. Like, that's mm -hmm. really funny. If you haven't really seen this. You're like, oh my gosh, that's really a thing? Because yeah. some of the students are really, they're digging around all the time. And some are just like, oh, I'm in a practice room. I don't really care about that kind of stuff. Right. You should at least check this out and you know, you can get yeah. some good laughs that way too. Yeah. That is great. Yeah. Timmy, the, Timmy the Trumpet. Timmy Trumpet. Timmy Trumpet. That's awesome though. I'm a huge fan. Big fan. Yeah. Timmy Trumpet. You might I don't be... think Jerry Seinfeld's a big fan. <laughs> no, he, no. <laughs> Seinfeld was that bad. Was awesome. He started losing. <laughs> he was dark on that. Oh. Yeah. Well, we, if you don't have studio time and you, and you can find a way to do it, it's great. Because like, like, Brian, you do the early morning warm-up sessions sometimes, yes, too, yes. right? Two day, yeah, two days a week, 7 to 8.30, and the students have to be at 1. Many students attend both. Yeah. Um, and we do a whole yeah, an hour, and we do 90 minutes together. Yeah, yeah which, is, uh, which is great, but it, it could also, because you're doing that in addition to, but if you don't have yeah. studio time, that could be the way to do it. And sometimes that hour of the day is the only time people can make it. Yeah, the schedules line up. And Joey talked about um, the students hearing about the thing for the first time, and right. him them saying, "Well, can you take it through, go through it with us?" Mm -hmm. What I get, took away from that story was Joey can do the thing twice in a day, <laughs> which seems insane. <laughs> well, what I mean, you've never done it twice? One at the end of the day. There was done... a lot of playing in between. <laughs> yeah. Twice in a day? Can you imagine? No, it's what? fine. He rested. Yeah. Right? It was like 12 uh, I, hours apart. Speaking of the thing, I meant to bring this up earlier, but this is this is a perfect time to do it. Um, Victor Fr Victor Cummings, our friend oh, yeah. on Facebook, yeah. you know yeah. Victor, yeah. Yeah. posted a picture today of all of his trumpets on a table and said, while I'm at school, it's every horn every day. Oh, yes. There it is. All right. All That's in, Victor, Victor just yeah, doing Victor. good work right there. Definitely. Yes, all I in. commented about, you know, the thing doing fantastic. the thing that is awesome yeah so um yeah he's he's making time to do that there and how great would it be if he kind of hauls his students in there and you know yeah. they're all spending that time as well so it, setting that example i think we agree the student no matter how you use it the studio is important 
it's, it's an important, important aspect time, yeah. uh, socially, musically, personally. It's it's a good thing. I'm not sure about the hang aspect. Right. It's the one you're, thing well, that you might not be sure about it, but you're doing it. <laughs> but you're doing it, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Call it uh, what you will. All right, boys. Time for no offense. So we think finding time to hang, no offense to you personally, Brian, with our studios outside of lessons and other ensembles is really important. And Trumpet Studio, whether it happens in the curriculum or not, is crucial. So if you don't have studio or you're wasting it, you're doing it wrong. Right. And let's be clear. Brian was saying his place, you know, the adjunct, that they're not in a place to pay for that sort of thing. I will tell you, we have a master class here and we have studio class here. Does not count on our load. That do, we oh, yeah. we do not right. have to do it, so yeah. there are faculty members that choose not to do it for that's, a variety of reasons. But boy, when you're talking about being a teacher and you're talking about trying to do what's best for your students, man, there yeah. there's nothing else that quite fills it like that. I like that we have both the master class and the studio class here. It's, mm-hmm. it's such a great setup, you know, where you can see everybody on Mondays and then just your studio and smaller group on Thursdays. It's vital, like that kind of that kind of vibe. There's mm-hmm. there's nothing quite like this. Yeah, our yeah. our horn teacher is now doing studio class every week, um, mm-hmm. totally on her own. She's like, I got the guns. We're doing Mahler, uh, in the orchestra. We're we're doing a, a, a studio class every week. People are playing. They're working on orchestral rep. They're working on the Mahler. They're working on solos, um, ensembles. It's great. All yeah. right, for the students out there. If you're in a place where this isn't happening, organize your own little informal trumpet oh, hangs. Yeah, right. Put it together yeah. on your own. If you're in high school, find some other people that really want to get together on a regular basis. Doesn't have to be every week, maybe once a month, yeah. whenever you can do it. Right. I guarantee you go to your band director and say, I'm trying to do this. Can you give us some time? Your band director is going to help you find the time to do that. Yep. Uh, or your trumpet teacher, whoever, and yeah. say, we're just looking to find a time to get this stuff together. And if you're in a, a college where this isn't happening, start it on your own. Exactly. You know, get it together and get going. It'll exactly. change the dynamic of the section. You know, you make a commitment to each other. It'll change yeah. that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yep. It'll carry over to everything else you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that should about do it for today. Stay tuned, tell your friends and neighbors, and make the most of studio time. So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell.